Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Bonatake, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks for joining us. Uh, welcome to the Future of Development podcast uh, with Anthony Montategi. Uh, today we have a great guest, uh, Dan Wisk. Dan is an iconic figure in the, in the development world. He's developed over 30 million square feet throughout the country with iconic brands like Boston Market, 24 Hour Fitness, uh, Kohl's, just to say a few of them. Uh, Dan's uh, background brings uh, a plethora of knowledge from, from lead generation, uh, 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 environmentally sound buildings, uh, to today's modern development. I'm currently working on a grocery brand uh, that is uh, another iconic brand. Uh, Dan, welcome to, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be here, Anthony. Awesome. Uh, you know, you and I have been friends for many, many moons and uh, starting our careers back, uh, back in the old Boston market days. And uh, we have watched the, the evolution of this business go from what it was back in the day uh, where, where we were begging people to have, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, fax machines on a job site, right? <laughs> That's right, absolutely. <laughs> in a contract, to put a fax machine out there was like, you know, we had to pull teeth to, to do that. Just a, yeah, I mean, even going back even further than that, my, in my first job in this industry, um, we didn't even have laptops. Um, and the only, the only person that had access to the fax machine was one of the admins in the office and she had the only computer. And uh, we, we did everything by fax, uh, snail mail and phone calls. So yeah, it's, uh, I know a lot of people find that hard to believe that somebody from that era is still alive, but uh, it's a fact. <laughs> you know, when I tell my kids about that, or they, they, make, they make it look like we were, uh... We were building in, uh, uh, you know, Jesus might have been with us when we did so, you know, <laughs> they, they look at us and go, wow, that just seems so far, far, did you guys build the Coliseum? I'm like, well, we've been around. For well, we came in for a renovation. We didn't build the original structure. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. How did you get into construction? How, how did, what is your path that got you into it? What made you uh, want to be a, a, you know, a construction? Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting uh, to some people anyway. Um, you know, my dad was an engineer and he was always uh, building stuff around the house, you know, uh, in terms of literally he, he bought a house in the suburbs many years ago. And he built the garage uh, to go under the house. He finished the basement, did all that kind of stuff. And I was always there kind of helping him with that. And I always developed, a, I developed that interest early on. It was just fun for me. It was fulfilling to, you know, put some work into something and see it come out of the ground, come together and, and uh, be a structure or an improvement of an existing structure or whatever. So that really kind of uh, piqued my interest early on. And then after that, I moved back up to the Chicago area and went to work for Boston Market, which is where we met. So that's right. That's right. Uh, I think back then Boston Market had one chicken. So, uh, you know, it was, right. it, was a, it was a smaller operation, but again, great folks and a, a great camaraderie and a great experience. It was, uh, you know, a, a situation where, you know, we would take down the dirt uh, we would self-develop. We would uh, put the restaurant up, and then we would do a sale lease back to uh, somebody like a GE Capital or somebody like that, and uh, and that was the model. So we just kept building, 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 and uh, yeah, we just went from there. That was record pace, right? But back then, you know, nobody was building that fast. 
It was record speed. We, you know, find dirt, get a real estate deal done, build those things out. You know, every single day at that point was, was, uh, it made all the difference in the world. And we're, oh, yeah. the career has taken you to multiple places throughout mm -hmm. the country, right? And yep. uh, as, as you work, as you work your way up, you know, the thing I hear the most about people who've been successful is exactly what you were talking about. That piece of, I, I got in the business and the, my first job gave me an opportunity, but then I earned my way up that ladder, right? Yep. Uh, doing whatever it took to get the odd part of the job. Uh, if someone needed something in the company, uh, if it was managing a warehouse or managing a project or, or doing files or whatever that took, that, that piece of going above and beyond. That's there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that one, one position would lead to the next. But I, I think the, the thing that can't be uh, overemphasized that's really, really important is we got the opportunity throughout my career, and you did the same, to work with other people that were, in my case, way smarter than me, that had a ton of experience, that were subject matter experts. Um, and, and these are people that were very willing to share their experience and their knowledge and mentor uh, us along our, our development of our careers, which is critical. So if you are willing to put in the work, if you're willing to learn from others and you're fortunate enough to be in a situation where um, you know, you're matched up with people that have great background and expertise and they're willing to share with you, you know, that's, that's where the real knowledge uh, is created. That's where the expertise is developed. Because, you know, we can go to school, we can take classes, we can do all of that, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Those are, those are great things to do. But at the end of the day, I think most people will tell you that um, what they learned in school was a good foundation. But when they got out to the real world and discovered what was actually going on, you know, that was taking that, that education to the next level. Having a relationship with a mentor that can go, yeah, you're doing it right there. Hey, that's great. No, that's not so great. Let's work on this one over here. Having that feedback loop, I think a lot of times people get, you know, nowadays they want to, you know, they want to go right to the top and be the boss of something. And yep. Having that, having that piece where you earned your way up, and like you said, the spots where I made the biggest mistakes, I missed a, a decision. I didn't think through something. I certainly looked through the projects I've managed and makes makes me a much better developer today as I look at uh, the bad decisions I made or something I was just off on. I, I just, I didn't pay enough attention to a utility service. I didn't pay enough attention to uh, the real estate deal. I didn't pay enough deal, attention to uh, the, the here, hunting season, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First time you miss a uh, turnover because you know, all the, all the, all the sub hunting, you might, like, yep. you might look at your schedule just a little bit different. Uh, there's some value to that. Yeah, the, the thing that really has kept me engaged, I think, um, is the fact that no two days are ever the same. Right. So what we do, you know, is, is about consistency and repetition, of course, we, because you want to continue to deliver the facilities on a very predictable budget and schedule and, and be dependable and all that. But what you find is the challenges that are associated with each project change from project to project. And that keeps you mentally stimulated. It's, it's uh, part of what keeps you engaged. Um, and it's not just the, the problems that come up with each individual project, and there will always be problems. It's the different personalities that you have to learn to deal with, whether it is an architect, an engineer, a building department official, planning and zoning official, uh, 
you know, community groups who may not be in support of your project. I mean, there's all kinds of things that come up along the entire development process that will challenge you, that will challenge your problem solving abilities, your analytical skills, and, and really kind of uh, make or break you. You will, you will learn that the skill that you acquired on a project two, three, four years ago may not be directly applicable to the current problem you're facing, but the process you went through to solve that problem four or five years ago will hopefully guide you through the problem solving process now. Are you noticing that your design changes are, you know, we were out uh, looking at a brand on the East Coast that they're, you know, it's a same thing, a grocery brand that's out there picking up as many of them as they can get at, at a time, second yep. generation locations, it's all adaptable, you know, the days of trench drains and underground, gone. These guys are, everything's pumped, uh, putting all their uh, refrigerated gondolas in, pump system, taking stuff out. Uh, they can move in uh, to a space in, you know, under 10 weeks uh, from, uh, from, a, from a, 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 you know, second generation space. And that conversion, maybe, you know, uh, uh, besides permitting and health department, all those that goes with that and ordering. Uh, yep. They've been able to site adapt uh, uh, these projects much, much faster. Yeah, that's that's really the thing. Speed to market obviously has has always been important. The quicker you open the doors and start ringing the register, obviously the uh, the more profitable the organization will be, and the better the model works, obviously. Um, but yeah, having a kit of parts when you look at your prototype design and say, and and you'll have prioritized lists of things that you can either downsize or eliminate from your prototype. So that says, my, yeah, my prototype is, you know, 10,000 square feet, but I've got an 8,000 square foot box here. I can reduce, if it's a restaurant, I can reduce the size of, uh, you know, the dining area. Uh, and I can take uh, 10 seats out or 15 seats out, or I can reduce the size of my walk-in or whatever it's going to be. Um, you know, you figure out ahead of time, you know, what you're going to sacrifice, if you will, in order to make your prototype fit in a particular size box. As you're looking at your new retail locations, what, how's it changing with these third-party delivery companies ordering online, picking up at the curbside? Yeah, I think, um, you know, not so much for the company I'm currently with um, because we're, we don't have a big online presence, which is shocking to a lot of people. Mm. Um, you know, we, we, have a, we have a website, obviously, and whatever, but we are from in the grocery world, we're the Wall Street Journal a couple months ago called us the TJ Maxx of the grocery world, and that we're really focused on extreme value opportunity buys. Um, and so, you know, we can't uh, put an app out there that says, you know, here's everything you're going to find in this in the store, you know, two blocks down the street uh, today because it's going to be different in every store. Um, and so, it, it makes us pretty unique. And you know, the the I guess the hook, if you will, for us is that, you know, we are a treasure hunt kind of mentality, which is, again, what TJ Maxx is. You, don't, you never know what you're going to find in the store, but you know you're going to find some great deals. And that's really kind of what we do as well. I, you know, that's one of my favorite parts about going to stores like that. You, you come around the corner, you're like, ah, oh, right? I mean, today with, with social distancing, eating at home more often, I, you know, get bored. I, I want to walk in a store and find something unique to bring home to the family, uh, a new vegetable, a new fruit. It's, I think it's especially timely. I mean, obviously during, unfortunately during COVID, every, all the grocery stores have done well um, yeah. because people aren't going out 
uh, to dine as much as they used to. People are preparing meals at home uh, because we're all <laughs> we're all kind of homebound right now. Um, but what what happens is the 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 COVID uh, pandemic has really unfortunately displaced people from their jobs in a lot of cases. It's made people focus on value, and so a concept like like ours or like TJ Maxx or you know the other off price retailers, uh, they're just really resonating with. Uh, with the consumer right now. And what we found, you know, after previous downturns, like uh, the real estate uh, crash in, you know, 08, 09, um, you know, it, it drove people to, uh, to the value retailers. And what's happened, I think, in a lot of cases, those value retailers have retained uh, the majority of those customers. Um, what are you guys doing different to build today? You know, you, we've got, you know, we went through lead, Right. I remember mm-hmm. years of, of being driven by lead certification. Now, you know, like, like on the construction side, safety was a big yep. deal. And now it's finally actually kicked in. And it's not like a big deal because it's just what you do. Right. There's right. no more like, oh, it's a special thing. It's just you're kind of expected. Everybody wears PPE. Everybody wears Absolutely. Uh, job safe safety. Safety meetings for the day. Just a, it's just a normal course of, of business. And the kind of uniqueness of that, you know, that was a, a big deal back uh, you know, uh, uh, when, I, when, I, when I got into this, it became a bigger deal over the last 10 years. But now it's like something that we just expect to do. People expect to have that in there. What, what, yep. that, what, what are the changes have you seen that have become that way uh, for you guys as a group? Yeah, it's, you mentioned lead, which is interesting. I think that the thing with lead, and again, this is just, you know, my, my personal perspective. Um, I think the concepts of lead uh, resonate with the people in the U.S. and the consumers, um, but you know, I, I don't know that if you ask the average shopper out there, you know, does, is it important to you that you know this this grocery store is lead certified or silver or gold or whatever? I don't think they would really uh, care too much about that. I think you know if you say you know we have uh, implemented some high efficiency solutions so that we consume less electricity, we consume less natural gas, where we have a more um, aware carbon footprint and we're doing things to improve the environment. That resonates with people because it's, it's something they can relate to. Um, and so I think that, you know, the whole USGBC lead program was a great thing to do. It, it, I think they're going to continue and I've seen them continue to evolve and, and change um, and I see fewer uh, design professionals and construction professionals actively pursuing, you know, added certifications from LEED. That's just, again, a casual observation on my part. I don't think what they're doing is any less important. I think it's a great thing. And, and uh, you know, when I was at Kohl's, LEED certification was, uh, uh, we were the first uh, company to get uh, volume certification of our prototype. And so we built literally hundreds of LEED certified uh department stores. And we put the, you know, the stickers on the windows and the plaques in the stores and everything else. Uh, We had a big solar program, um, which was great. I think it was all the right thing to do. Um, But unless I think the company is is going to make a a big deal about it in terms of promoting it, uh, raising levels of uh, consumer awareness and, uh, and really, you know, trying to make that a point of differentiation, 
um, I'm seeing less and less of that as a as a defining factor, if you will, in in the development world. I think again, the concepts of being sustainable and reducing the waste stream uh, on a construction site, things like that, those are all great things to do. And whether or not there's a lead program or not, we'll continue to do that because it's the right thing to do, and it, and it's it uh, it actually is a cost effective thing to do. There are financial benefits to that. So you know, I think those are uh, a couple of the the trends that we'll probably see continue through the year. And it'll be interesting to see how USGBC continues to evolve and, and uh, change to keep up with uh, consumers and, and what the, uh, the real estate, commercial real estate world is, is looking for. You know, and I think to your point, a lot of stuff that it kind of got forced into what we thought was going to be, you know, a radical difference in the differentiating factor, you know, really brought awareness to it, right? Back mm-hmm. then it just it brought awareness to it. And today it's become part of our standard operating procedure, right? If yep. we can build a more energy efficient building, a more, uh, 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 you know, a better, we as development people are, are carrying that stick without a need to profess it, but it's, it's just become part of our, uh, our, our practice, smarter buildings, uh, yep. safer job sites, uh, the things that we're doing to make it, you know, it's becoming part of our, our, um, you know, our normal uh, operating procedure. Now, uh, where do you see the future of, you know, for, for most of my career, we've made some changes, but I look at the forms and the processes that we do today and 30 years ago, they're very similar. You know, there are some, some things that are, that are changed, but I, you know, our business has always been a lagger in the evolution of it. And I'm just now starting to notice that technology is catching up to our field. Where yep. are you seeing, uh, where do you see the future what, what do you think, uh, as you're looking forward, uh, any insight as to where we're going uh, with, with technology in the future? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, uh, you know, I think if I had the answer to that, then, you know, I would be sitting on the beach in Maui right now and, and uh, I wouldn't be uh, looking to continue to work. I'm with you. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I, I think there, you know, some of the obvious things are, uh, you know, obviously mobile enabled technology for project management, uh, job site uh, management has become pretty standard. I think that's going to continue to evolve, um, you know, the, the cloud-based software uh, platforms for managing projects, not just the, you know, the, the schedule and the budget, but all the document storage and the process management and everything else uh, is just becoming more and more uh, widely adapted uh, throughout the industry. Everybody has some version of that. Um, and so I think, you know, that will continue to be leveraged. Um, but the, I think the other, um, I guess, opportunities out there are how do we manage the process more and more virtually as opposed to having a owner's rep project manager on site, you know, every two weeks to see how things are going. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, again, cloud-based uh, job site cameras, um, and you know other ways to uh, to manage project remotely. Uh, drones obviously have made a big impact in the last five to ten years, um, and, and those types of things are are important. But I still think they give you a the way they're currently employed. They give you a limited view of what's happening on the job site. You know the camera only shows you where it's uh, where it's aimed. You know so if you have the ability to do remote uh, pan tilt zoom. Uh, cameras, you know, those are becoming more of the standard at this point as opposed to a static camera. Um, and making sure that 
you know, you are partnering with companies, uh, whether it's contractors or architects and engineers, you know, that are technologically technology enabled as well, I think is obviously a critical component of that. Um, so I think the, the other thing that has um, been a big plus for the industry is really Revit, uh, making sure that, you know, before we get to the actual construction phase, you know, we've done all the conflict resolution between lighting and plumbing and HVAC and everything else um, uh, in that Revit model uh, hopefully eliminates a lot of the, the job site calls that an owner's rep in the past would have to make um, when they do their, their typical site visits. You know, currently uh, we're, we're using Revit um, and we're not using it just for making sure that we have uh, no conflicts between our MEP systems, but we're also using it to make sure that our MEP systems don't have conflicts with our wall graphics. Uh, things like that. So we're we're in it. We're trying to be very holistic about how we employ this, and make sure that when we walk into that store after you know it's grand open, that it looks exactly like we thought it was going to look from the Revit modeling, and that there are no surprises. And I am so grateful to have spent time with you today. You know, anytime around wisdom, and you are wisdom for me. You bring such a wealth of knowledge to this industry. Uh, I've, I've, I've benefited my career by being around you and uh, the knowledge that you bring to it, and the way that you look at it, your, your, your formulas for looking at it. Uh, it's been wonderful. If people want to get a hold of you, what's the best place to get a hold of you? The best place to get a hold of me is follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I have uh, gotten rid of all the rest of the social media. Um, it's just, uh, it's too mentally taxing for me. Um, so, uh, you know, LinkedIn is, is really kind of where I make uh, those, you know, professional connections and, and stay in touch. And I, I follow some other companies on, on LinkedIn that really are um, people that are embracing technology, people that are looking to make change for the better um, and that are just not, you know, stuck in the old mold. So um, that's, I think, probably the, uh, my best advice and best way to get hold of me. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, we look forward to having you again somewhere in the future as, as a guest again. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Anthony, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun, as always. And uh, stay healthy and stay, uh, stay covered. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montegi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry. Finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.